This is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now enjoy today's message with Ted Cunningham. So today is kind of a mashup as we close up uh, this series, uh, Anthems. It's Mother's Day meets the last song in this series. And we're looking at I Speak Jesus. And before we do, let me just see the hands of all the moms of toddlers. Toddlers, you got small children. Okay, do they uh, rise up every day and call you blessed uh, in the morning? (laughs) Do they rise up every day and anytime you do something for them, they're just over the top thanking you for all that you do? This could be my favorite toddler clip online. It's 15 seconds. I have to show it to you twice because you're going to miss it the first time. But you're going to see this little guy and want to squeeze his little cheeks. Uh, but check this out as he thanks his mom for cleaning his room. I'm so proud of you. You are? Yeah. For what? What did I do? Clean my room. You're so nice. <laughs> You're so nice, buddy. Katie, you have to show that one more time because they didn't get the first part that says, I'm so proud I'm of you. I'm so proud of you. You are? Yeah. For what? What did I do? Clean my room. I mean, it gets better the more you watch it. So we're going to post that clip today so you can be reminded on the hard days when you're not being thanked uh, for all those, all those times. So when we were sitting around uh, a few months ago putting this series together and, you know, Katie brings a list of 20, 30 anthems, the songs we love to sing and worship together as a church. And uh, we picked the songs and then you got to put them in order. And, and when we got to Mother's Day, uh, the last part of this series, and chose I Speak Jesus, it was this line in the song that when we read it, we're like, that definitely has to go on Mother's Day. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name of Jesus. And you should have seen the moms around the table go, mm, mm, yes. That's the perfect song, and that's why we are launching with that today. And in Psalm 71, I want every mother and every grandmother across campus and online today to take this deep into the crevices of your soul. God, you have taught me from my youth, and I still declare your wondrous deeds. Verse 18, and even when I am old and gray, we honor the moms in here that have had resilience and perseverance over the years. That no matter what seasons and stages of life have come your way, and no matter how difficult it may have been, uh, that you have stayed faithful to discipling your family. So even when I am old and gray, God, do not abandon me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to all who are to come. Mom, that you would continue to proclaim the name of Jesus until he returns or calls you home. Uh, Even when you are old and gray and you are tired, And even when you don't have the energy and maybe you can't get on the ground and play anymore with the grandchildren, that you would still do today as we look at this simple, simple anthem, proclaim the name of Jesus over your family. We have a saying around here, uh, we share it often, that the days go slow, but the years go fast. The days go slow, but the years go fast. And I share a lot of country music over the years that reinforce this message. Uh, But my son graduated last week. Uh, from high school, so I'm kind of in a numb place right now, again, where uh, Amy and I are becoming empty nesters, and we're thinking about how fast the years have gone, and I've been playing on repeat in my truck to try to help me 
Uh, Trace Atkins, you're going to miss this. Mmm, mmm. Add that to your playlist if you want a good tear or two. And it's three verses. They're all sung from a different perspective. The first verse is mom dropping her teenage daughter off at school. And the teenage daughter is just wanting to get through high school. And that's some of you in here. You're like, oh, I had friends graduate. I want to graduate and move out of this town and get on with my life. I've, I've met them. Like, they're ready to go. And I'm here to tell you, it'll be here tomorrow. It goes fast. Those are all the old people around you going, yes, it does. It's a blink. Okay, so the first verse is the daughter going, Mom, just drop, drop me off right there. Just park the car. Let me get out. And what does Mom say? You're going to miss this. The second verse I love, it's from Dad's perspective. He stops by. His daughter's now married. And he stops by her apartment, and she starts talking about babies and buying a house. And Dad shakes his head and says what? Slow down, baby girl. You're going to miss this. Verse 3 is sung from the perspective of a plumber. And that's why I love country music. You don't get that in your hip-hop and pop. You don't get no verses from a plumber. But the song goes like this. Five years later, there's a plumber working on the water heater. Dogs barking, phones ringing, one kid's crying, one kid's screaming. And she keeps apologizing. And he says, they don't bother me. I got two babies of my own. Ready for the tears? Here we go. One's 36, one's 23. You're going to miss this. You're going to want this back. You're going to wish these days. Sing it. Okay. We got too many hip hoppers in here that aren't. I'm going to find a plumber song in another genre. Okay. And if you find it for me, send it to me. Yeah, you're going to miss this. And I had a moment this week. So we, Carson graduates, it was actually last Thursday. And, and I had an event in California, and I said, I want you and your mom to go with me, and we're going to celebrate your high school graduation uh, to live out your childhood. I want to take you to Disneyland one more time, and we're really doing it for me, not you, all right, just so we understand. We're going to go on all the rides that I know teenagers and young adults don't like to go on, but we got, you know, we're on 9.30 our time, but it's 7.30 there, so we got in the park early, and we were able to get to the Cars ride at Radiator Springs. Because he was dying to go on the Cars ride at Radiator Springs. But again, this is for your mother and I. Get on this ride. We're, we're going through the queue, and we get to the front, and they have a height indicator. There's a family of maybe 11 people in front of us. And uh, they have all sorts of kids. I tell there's grandparents. And one kid is not going to reach the height indicator. Look at all the moms. It's terrible. Stick around. This story is all about you. Uh, so the height indicator here, this kid comes up to here. I've never seen so much stress and pressure put on a child in a theme park in my whole life. They start cheering this kid on. You got it. You got it. You got it. And he's just got this look of panic on his face. And he goes over and he stands in front of it. And he ain't, he's, he's too short. And they're going, you got it. You got it. And, and he's going like this as high as you can and stressing. And listen, how many of you have ever lied about your child's age to get them on a ride or a cheap meal at Denny's? Raise your hand right now before God and everyone. Yeah. And I'm not going to judge you, though, because I still weigh 155 on my driver's license. So, But I've never heard about lying about your child's height. This was a first for me. They're cheering them on. The cast member, the employee at the ride, uh, gets over there. She gets down. She's, she's cheering them on, too. You got this. He's, he's Stand up real tall. He's, I mean, he's still right there. Then I love the cast member goes, raise your hands as high as you can. 
So now he's going like this, still can't do it. Probably the best mom move I've ever seen in my life. She grabs both wrists, yanks him up. And the cast member goes, you're good to go. And he goes on the ride. Listen. Mom move of the year. You lie about their age. You lie about their height. And I'm sitting there going, Carson, don't blink. Because it was just last week. That was you. And let me tell you something. Next week, that kid will hit it no problem. How many of you took your kids to Silver Dollar City with the highest sole shoe you could find? (laughs) We're going on these rides. It'll happen fast enough, Mom. It'll happen fast enough. This is what we know about parenting. Parenting has long days. They go very, very slow. Parenting also has good days where your child rises up and calls you blessed. Thanks you for cleaning the room. (laughs) But then there are those days they're mad at you for making them clean their room. Parenting can have very difficult, very challenging, very hard days. Today has many lessons that won't be seen until years from now. Uh, I've become a huge NBA fan. Do we have NBA fans uh, in the house? And I'm loving the playoffs right now. Uh, my favorite team is the Milwaukee Bucks, primarily because I look good in Hunter Green. <laughs> and I got a Bucks hoodie I wear three times a week, and I love when people approach me in public, sorry about what happened to your team. I'm like, <gasps> what happened? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I just love the color. But my son and I are on an NBA stadium tour, and... Uh, we got to go see the Milwaukee Bucks play, and I said, before the Lord returns or calls me home, I hope that we can get through all the stadiums in Carson's or my lifetime. And uh, my favorite player in the NBA is Giannis. Uh, he's one of the most humble players uh, I've, ever, I've ever heard. I just love his interviews. And he, they were kicked out of the playoffs. They lost. And uh, he gave an interview. And when I was listening to the interview, I thought, he's talking about basketball, but really this applies to parenting. Because I know when we talk parenting, uh, there are parents in here right now that you live with so much regret. You feel like such a failure in this area. And this is not a church that will ever be part of feeding your regrets. Don't don't, Don't feed your regrets. Ask Jesus to redeem your remaining days. Mom and grandma. So we don't feed those. And his perspective on the long game, like the, the long game, not just what happened in this series, but... He looks at this report and his humility, you're going to see his humility pour out in this interview, but I want you to see this from a perspective of a parent who thinks they failed. Uh, I'm curious for you, do you view this season as a failure? Uh, okay, because I'm not that up. We, you asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay, uh, do, you get, do you get a promotion every year? On your job, no, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able, I don't know, um, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. You know, and if you've never, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to make it personal. So there's always steps to it. You know. Um, Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure? That's what you're telling me. 
I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? <laughs> okay, exactly. So why are you asking that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful. Some days you're not. Some days it's your turn. Some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports about. You don't always win. Some other other people's gonna win. And this year, somebody else is gonna win. Simple as that. We're gonna come back next year. Try to be better. Try to build good habits. Try to uh, play better. Not have a ten days stretch with uh, playing bad basketball. You know, and hopefully we can win a championship. So 50 years from 1971 to 2021 that we didn't win a championship, it was 50 years of failures. No, it was not. It was steps to it, you know, and we were able to win one. Hopefully we can win another one. You know, I sorry that I didn't want to make it personal because you asked me the same question last year and I, last year I was in the, in the uh, right um, mind space to answer the question back. But now I've had a whole year to think about it. And he was ready for that. Today has many lessons for your kids and for mine that won't be seen until years from now. Your child is taking in so much in the days ahead, but you won't see it, maybe well into their adulthood. And we measure parenting success in years, not days. See, our children, as we're going to see in the text today, need consistent, not perfect parents. They need consistent parents, parents day in and day out, working, providing, speaking the name of Jesus, as we're going to see today, as we look at parenting, and then let's keep discipleship in the home simple. Let's not overcomplicate it today. And what we're going to see in Deuteronomy 6 today, consistency is established in days, but it's measured in years. So our challenge today is for us to to make the decision as parents, speaking the name of Jesus, we're going to do this consistently, day in, day out, even when we're not getting the, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for cleaning my room. You're a great mom. That's not what we're going for. We're going for children who leave our homes loving Jesus, prepared for the responsibility of work and relationships. And Deuteronomy 6 is a mission statement verse for our church. So this is a vision Sunday as well to remind all of us. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7, we read in verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There are four truths we've always taught in this verse. There is a God. There is only one God. He is the Lord. He is our Lord. I've recently added a fifth with what we've been dealing with in our culture. There is a God. There's only one God. He is the Lord. He is our Lord. And we need to remind ourselves and our children, you are not God. You don't get to determine truth. You don't get to let your feelings drive the bus. Your feelings, we can listen to them, we can care for them, we can validate, we can do all of that, but they're just not going to be the decision. You are not God. I am not God. Why? There is a God. There's only one God. I am not him. He is the Lord and he is our Lord. So that's the truths I want my children to have. Right? I also want my children to have a love for the Lord. Verse 5, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Verse 6, mom and dad, this is for us. These truths, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Why? Stephanie Watson says it up here all the time at Child Dedication. Our children see everything we do. They hear everything we say. They forget nothing, and then they repeat. They're watching, listening, remembering, and repeating. How many of you had... Uh, 
a singing mom growing up. Like she sang everywhere you went and look at all the heads going, yes. Uh. My mom wasn't just a singer. She was an early riser singer. And I know your teenagers say they don't want you singing to them at 5 and 6 a.m. They're just saying that. They do. They want for you to do what my mom did when she would come into my room or my brother's room and throw open the curtain singing, this is the day, this is the day. Look at the moms going, yeah, that the Lord has, that the Lord has, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I mean, just my mom always had that. I'm a singer to this day. I'm convinced because of my mom. I tithe. I'm almost 50 years old. I've tithed my whole life. You know why I tithe? You're like, the Bible and Dave Ramsey. No. <laughs> Ron Cunningham. Because my parents taught me how to tithe. They didn't just show me how to tithe and teach me how to tithe. They were participating in it with me. If I made $10 mowing a lawn, I'd bring that home. And my dad had envelopes long before Dave Ramsey ever came up with envelopes. <laughs> This is 40 years ago my dad had these, and there was a tithe envelope, a missions envelope, a savings envelope, and a spending envelope. And you can imagine, there wasn't much left in the spending envelope. We didn't spend money in our home growing up. I still do that today because it was something I saw, something I heard, something I remembered, and now I repeat. This is the power of what's on your heart finding its way onto the hearts of your children. And here, verse 7 gives us the power of the day. And to see this, just the consistency of the day in verse 7. Impress them on your children. What are we impressing on our children? There is a God. There's only one God. You are not God. He is the Lord, and he is our Lord. And a love for the Lord. And how do you do this? Here's the consistency we're looking for in a day. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Today, as we go into this anthem, this final anthem in our series, that from the time you get up in the morning to the time you go to sleep at night, as you drive along the road, as you sit at home, as you're in line at Target, as you're waiting at Walmart, wherever your day takes you, as you're eating at Chick-fil-A, as you're picking up Chick-fil-A, speak the name of Jesus over your children, over your family. In our curriculum, you know, we use the orange curriculum here at Woodland Hills, this is one of my favorite quotes that they share. No one has more potential to influence a child than a parent. No one. Okay, so mom and dad, I, I've been sharing this with a lot of parents lately who are just freaking out over something maybe done in the schools, something in our community, something going on in our country. I have to, yes, there are a lot of influences out there over our children, but mom and dad, never forget, you are the primary author of your child's heart. You're the primary influence. Get that right first. We, we spend too much time in our culture today creating environments for our children to succeed rather than teaching them to succeed in environments they can't control. So speak the name of Jesus. Be consistent with that as we've been teaching our kids. We want you to have a walk with Jesus that works anywhere in the world. We don't want you to have a walk with Jesus that just works in Branson, Missouri. We want you to put scripture in the driver's seat, not tradition, not a denomination, not a subculture, but scripture in the driver's seat and do what Jesus did and say what Jesus says. Watch though, but a parent is not the only influence a child needs, and that's why this church desires to be a second voice in the life of your child. Some of you, if I can just talk to those who have gone into the old and gray season, you're not done. You have so much influence, and I want influence. As we become empty nesters, I want influence in the life of my kids. How do I get influence in the life of my kids? 
right? I, I still continue to speak the name of Jesus and I surround them with other voices. And this church desires to be that voice for you. If you're in a season where you're like, I don't know what to do at Woodland Hills. How can I be uh, an additional voice in the life of a child? Serve in Critter Street, serve in Wildwoods. I'd encourage that to be some of your takeaways today. That when you leave here, stop back at the Welcome Center, talk to Julie or someone back there, ask for a sweet spot card and say, I am ready to reinforce what I know mom and dad are already teaching at home or what we hope mom and dad are teaching at home. And so we say it here often as well, parenting is a journey from control to influence. Most control you'll ever have with a toddler right now, with every year of your toddler's life, you're losing control, but we hope you're replacing it with influence. Uh, some of you went through the study Jim Burns uh, put together called Doing Life with Your Adult Children. The subtitle of the book is worth the price of the book. Uh, keep your mouth shut and the welcome mat out. If you want a good relationship with your adult children, keep your mouth shut and the welcome mat out. And I've told you before, my mouth's not the problem, it's my face. <laughs> my face screams, that's not how I would do it. My face screams, what were you thinking? That don't, don't hang around that person. That's my face. But if you want influence, mom and dad, and I know every parent in here does, if you want influence, be consistent. No perfect parents a lot. We, we're not going to reach perfection. We're going to have the hard days where we say what we didn't mean to say and we wish we never would have said. Don't feed your regrets. Ask Jesus to redeem your remaining days. So let's get into this anthem and how that relates to all throughout the day. Whether you sing this over your children, pray this over your children, speak this over your children, I just want to speak the name of Jesus as our anthem today over every heart and every mind because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. Now, of all the anthems we've done, this is the simplest of messages. The group that wrote this, it's actually a collective of worship pastors that wrote this song uh, called Here Be Lions. And I just want to share some of their words about this anthem so you can see the, the, the reason they went with such simple words. They say the songs on this project have a sense of simplicity, almost childlike. As writers, we can have a tendency to overcomplicate everything. It is good to do our best when writing songs to describe Jesus in the most awesome and majestic ways possible. But at the end of the day, the words all fail to compare to his greatness. Sometimes the best thing we can do is just say his name and be captured again by the wonder of who he is. These songs are simple truths that have powerful declarations, just speaking the name of Jesus over our families, over our communities, over our situations is the most effective thing we can do. It goes on, and this is gonna be in a moment, we're gonna have a ministry time where we worship together and it's gonna be an opportunity for you to pray over your family as you worship. I just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break, declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. And for some of you, this is going to be praying and singing today over a prodigal, a child who's far from God. They've left the faith. They've left the church. They've left everything you've ever tried to teach them. And you've lost hope in many ways. This is the day where you begin declaring the name of Jesus over your family. And I know sometimes people de declaring the name of Jesus can be difficult. There are those, you, you hear them, they'll say things like the man upstairs, the higher power. May we be a church that never refers to him as the higher power or the man upstairs, but refers to him as Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. This is my last country music illustration today, I promise. 
and I'm not even going to sing anything. I'm just going to share this story. But I love Cody Johnson. Cody Johnson, a uh, phenomenal singer, and we know we did his song as a series, uh, Till You Can't. Uh, but he used to always, in his concerts, refer to the man upstairs, to the man upstairs. And finally, his pastor confronted him. And this is going to shock you, but Cody goes to a cowboy church in Texas. And, and he, he said, it's all I needed here. And his pastor confronted him right before, I mean, really, Cody's career broke loose when he was asked to go and actually fill in for somebody who couldn't make, to, make it to the Houston Rodeo. And I don't know if you've been to, anybody here been to the Houston Rodeo? About 60,000 people show up. Uh, so he got to go, and that was the first time on stage that he declared the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, but he, he has a song that he sings called In the Name of Jesus. We don't have time to listen to that song today. But I wanted you to hear from Cody his words leading into that song. I want to dedicate this song to my friend Randy Weaver. He is the pastor of the Lone Star Cowboy Church in Montgomery, Texas. His father was a preacher. His brother is a preacher. Uh, and he's a cowboy. Randy gave me the conviction of, for a long time, I was saying, I'd like to thank the man upstairs for giving me a career. And Randy, as eloquently as he can be sometimes, said, would it kill you to say Jesus Christ? Would it kill you to say his name? And I was like, wow, okay. So the first show we played after that was um, my first time at the Houston Rodeo in front of about 60,000 people. And that was the first time I had said, I'd like to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why say his name? Well, the, the chorus that we get into is, your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Let's just go kind of rapid fire through the scripture. What the scripture says about the power, the healing, the life that is found in the name of Jesus, and even what Jesus said about the power, healing, and life in his name. In Romans 10, 13, let's start here. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's start with our salvation. In Luke 10, 17, uh, you know, Jesus sends out 72 two by two uh, to declare the good news of Jesus. And when they come back, the Bible says they come back with joy. And here's what they say. Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. I've seen this once in my life where a pastor was preaching in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It was the first time I think I had ever experienced it, but a demon-possessed woman came forward in the middle of the message and confronted him and was, I just can't even explain it, but it was it was overwhelming. It was, I mean, it was darkness. She just felt it, and she was just babbling, babbling, babbling. And this pastor, ex-Marine, which I think helped, uh, <laughs> stood to the side and looked at this woman and said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, shut your mouth. And it's probably the first time I recognized the power of his name. Don't use that in your home today. Do not take that out of context. But the demons are hushed. The demons submit. The demons can't stand the name of Jesus. In Acts 3, 6, we see the, the healing power. Peter and John on their way to the temple, they meet a lame beggar who asks for money. What does Peter say? Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. This is why when you come forward for prayer at Woodland Hills, what do we do? We spend time praying in the authority of the name of Jesus. In the power of the good name of of Jesus. Matthew 18, 20, Jesus tells us that we even gather in his name. And we've always been a church 
Since 2020, to remind everyone, gathering is important. It will always be important. It is something we should do. Why? Because when we gather, we gather in his name. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. There am I with them. Matthew 5.11, we see that if you identify with the name of Jesus and you call yourself a Christian, don't be shocked, don't be caught off guard. Jesus says, blessed are you when people insult you, they're going to. Persecute you, they're going to. Falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me and because of the name of Jesus. We're to pray in the name of Jesus, John 14, 13 through 14. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. We preach in the name of Jesus. Luke 24, 47, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit was sent by the Father in the name of Jesus. We read in John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Mom and dad, if you want to be consistent with the power, the healing, and the life that is found in the name of Jesus, I, I just want to encourage us all with this simple understanding today. For our children to know this power, we must speak the name of Jesus every day. When, Ted, how? From the time you get up in the morning to the time you go to sleep at night, as you sit at home, as you walk along the way, as you drive along the way, speak the name of Jesus. And we know that as we enter into this time of worship together, Mother's Day is a time of mixed emotions. There's a lot of mixed emotions around this day. I saw people today saying, you know, churches need to stop, you know, even recognizing Mother's Day because of all the hurt and pain that go with this day. And I just sit there and go, don't allow a, a, a bad marriage or a bad spouse to cause you to dishonor marriage, something God created. And we know there's pain and difficulty, but we can still honor motherhood and honor fatherhood. But I, I just want to recognize, I know the pain that's in here today. There's some of you struggling with fertility. You desire so bad to be a mom. And today is a painful day for you. Some of you have suffered a miscarriage. Some of you have suffered multiple miscarriages. Some of you had an abortion early in life. And this day is, is just bringing all of that up. And you've never asked God for forgiveness. You've never walked through that. Some of you have lost a child. You, you have, you've experienced the loss of a mom. I know there are many today. I've talked to several who this is your first Mother's Day without her. There are single moms in here that are doing the job of two parents, and it's difficult, and it's not something you went looking for. But now you're just doing the best you can to get through. There's so many broken relationships represented in here. You have a, a mom who won't talk to you or a daughter or a son who won't talk to you. And, and reconciliation is your prayer today. And you're hoping that today would be the day for a phone call. You'd settle for a text. And today we want to pray for you and with you as we declare the name of Jesus together. And as we do, we also want to pray for the wine and family uh, who on vacation, having the time of their life as a family, it can all change in just a second as they were in a car accident this week in Florida many of them injured. Uh, we've been praying specifically and, and for Sawyer and for his head injury. And as a family, we need to gather around them now, pray for them as we enter into this time of worship together. And I'm going to ask that you join me in prayer. Father, we, in the authority of the name of Jesus and through the power of that good name, 
We start by praying for the wine and family. Uh, just, yes, there's so much uh, brokenness in their bodies right now that needs healing, bones that need healing, a brain that needs healing, but also to pray for peace of heart and mind, to know just the, the trauma that comes in at such a time as this in an accident like this. Give the doctors wisdom and timing and all the procedures this church family would gather around them and care for them during this time. For the mom struggling today with the child in the home or out of the home, and it's just been, it's just been a struggle the entire lifetime, that today there would be peace. And we do, we just pray in the name of Jesus that there would be breakthroughs in families, that forgiveness would be given. For the regret and failure that so many parents feel that today would be a day of walking in new life and understanding that the days ahead can be redeemed in the name of Jesus. We pray for every single mom in here, for every mom who has gone through a miscarriage or an abortion. And what they're dealing with is they, they seek life and power and healing in the name of Jesus. That today would be a day that they declare that as they worship you. May this church always be a church that comes along as an additional voice in the life of the parent, never to feed regrets or the message of failure, but to ask in the authority of the name of Jesus for uh, hearts and minds uh, to be healed. And I just pray for mom, for grandma right now, for son, for daughter, who we have to recognize as well, had a bad mom, a bad dad who maybe left them, neglected them, wanted nothing to do with them and the pain that comes up on this day, pray peace for them as they turn to Jesus, their Savior, for healing. For the one who's never trusted Jesus as Savior, that today would be the day they turn to Jesus for life and call on the name of Jesus, and they will be saved. We pray all this in the authority of that name. And everyone agreed and said, amen. amen. Would you stand as we worship together?
Thank you, Lord. Church, we don't want you to quit worshiping. We don't want to quit this time with you today. So we want to send you home. Every single person, not just moms, every person leaving today, we want to send you home with something incredibly special. This team went in the studio over the last couple of weeks, and they've recorded all of our anthems for you to take home from our worship team, singing them over you and your family. Play them in your car. Play them at home. But don't quit worshiping. Don't quit singing these songs over your family. Every single person leaving today, you get a QR code on the back of this keychain. You can scan it, and all five of our anthems will be there, including a bonus track. Our opener from Easter Sunday 2023, Ain't No Grave, is on there as well. So that's a blessing for you. We hope you enjoy it. We love you. Happy Mother's Day. We'll see you next Sunday.